Hi everyone, I'm Heaven. And I'm Tracy. And welcome to another round live with Heaven and Tracy <laughs> in London. <laughs> Tracy McGee, who do we have on the show today? Oh my God. So, <laughs> first of all, we have A1 Bolu Babalola. Hey! Yes, yes. Writer extraordinaire. The best Twitter feed. The yes, very, facts, very best facts. Twitter feed. Um, we have the one and only Susan Wacoma. Hey! Y'all know how much the I love acting. chewing gum. Yes, yes, indeed. But first, we just want to talk about London for a little bit. <laughs> yes! Y'all are so cute! <laughs> you are adorable! I love London so much. It feels like walking through like a movie set with like the cute little streets that are way too narrow. Way Y'all too could narrow. Actually What's happening in there? Open them up a little bit. <laughs> Uh, but we've had a lot of fun and adventures. What I like we, how all the guys on Tinder give me their height in centimeters. Uh, <laughs> it's cute. It's fun. So that we have no idea how tall they actually yes. are. I'm like, all right, Stuart Little. Um, it's just the metric system and I'm an American. I apologize. Yeah. Also, television in the UK is amazing. Amazing is an accurate word, but we need to have a talk because y'all do a lot <laughs> on national TV. Whatever do you mean, Tracy? While children are still awake. <laughs> Okay, so I've had a lot of fun exploring London, but also just sitting in my hotel Mm -hmm, room and mm -hmm. watching TV because y'all are nuts. I have seen naked people go on a date at like 6 p.m. For some reason, yeah. Yeah, I was watching an animal show, right? Like funny animal clips because I enjoy animals. Don't know if you knew it. Uh, And I was not prepared for the ostrich vagina that I was going to see in this show. I don't want to talk about All it All right, anymore. girl. But the cool thing is that I was prepped for how crazy y'all's television is because back in the States, I discovered a show on Netflix called Embarrassing Bodies. So you already I did see know. you tweeting something about... I went off. I couldn't believe what I was seeing with my poor little virgin American eyes. Talk to me about this show. Okay, so, London, I know that y'all know all about embarrassing bodies. That (laughs) groan told me that y'all are in the know, so I don't have to explain this to y'all. But to the rest of our listening audience, here is the premise of embarrassing bodies. So this team of doctors, I think they call themselves like the embarrassing body doctors, which, not the most creative name. Y'all think they look better. Um, And they just get in this truck, right? Like this RV, and they drive... (laughs) And they drive around beckoning people to give them their embarrassing, like, body problems. Okay. And I'm like, this they will never They don't just go work. to a regular doctor? Right. So you like can't me? go tell your doctor, like, hey, doctor, Hi, I got doctor, this, I have an embarrassing body. I have this rash, right? <laughs> but you'll do it in front of television cameras. Okay. All right, y'all. Okay. But that's the premise. And people actually do go and talk to these doctors. And they're like, I'm not going to offend y'all and try to do a British accent. <laughs> I would never. Y'all should have heard. I want you to like me when this is over. But people just go to these folks, and they're just like, yeah, my various orifice is like dripping fluid. What do I do, right? And I am not necessarily squeamish. Like, I'm... Like me. Like, what just happened with my face. But what I was not expecting to see was, like, the orifice that was leaking. Y'all, they showed an entire anus. (laughs) In the first five minutes of the show, it's the first episode of the first season of Embarrassing Ass Bodies. And the thing is, let's set the tone right. Okay, okay. So I'm minding my black ass business at home watching Netflix, (laughs) 
And um, there's this very kindly, like, auntie-looking older woman who comes in, and she's just like, you know, I've, I've got this embarrassing problem, blah, 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 blah. And then she says, it was so cute and British, she was like, there's this um, a thing, she called it a small tail on her at the, t- <laughs> it's not the worst part, at the top of her rear passage is how she described her booty rear hole. Passage? I thought it was cute. I'm going to start calling mine my rear passage. It kind of reminds me of the middle passage. Oh, my God. Heaven. All right, let's shift the mood. What were you saying, Tracy? <laughs> Having too much fun. Let's think about slavery. <laughs> I apologize. So she comes in. She's like, I've got this thing. I've got this issue. And I'm, you know, I'm enjoying a snack, watching TV or whatever. And then the doctor's like, all right, pop up on the table. Let me see. I still don't expect what's about to happen. She gets on this table, y'all. This is somebody's auntie. This is somebody's mama. This is somebody's child. Gets up on the table, pulls her pants down. And I'm like, oh, butt cheeks. I've seen those before. It's cool. Sure. But then the doctor spreads. And then the camera closes in. To the extent that I couldn't get a screenshot for y'all. Like, we were going to edit it, but, like, the entire thing was just... We tried it it in rehearsal, and we're like, nah. It was just... I don't know if they're ready. I don't know if they're ready. (laughs) I I am still not ready. It's too much. Not ready at all. So, naturally, I do what I do to cope with stressful situations, and I live-tweet the whole thing. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, my God. I'm watching American Netflix, and I'm looking at British booty holes. (laughs) How? How is this Okay. And so the tweets eventually make it to you, lovely folks. And we had a pretty good little round of laugh at the prudish American person who can't believe that she's seeing body parts on TV. And you know what? Well deserved. I deserved it. Because I have, I too have a booty hole. Sure. Why am I surprised by somebody else's? And then somebody sent me this tweet, right? Mm. It was a funny tweet, but it was also like one of those, mm, like a like a deep, like one of those deep burn tweets. Caught you off guard a little bit. It did. It did. And he was basically like, um, Americans censor everything but guns. Mm. See how it hit you hard You see how it did it? And I was like, wow, he is absolutely motherfucking right. We... I feel like I see this all the time in... Um, American translations of British shows. Ooh, talk to me about it. I live for skins. Got some skins fans. Jow and Chris forever. Uh, (laughs) That's the black girl, Jow. (laughs) Jolanda. (laughs) But in the American version, okay, so first of all, it was going to be on MTV, so I knew it would be trash. The rating system is such that the whole point of Skins, it's supposed to be like an edgy like show about teens as they are. Not me as a teen. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't doing drug sex I and uh, all this stuff. I as a teen, yeah. so. But it was like they cursed a lot. It was like supposed to be real. They mm-hmm. took some pills and they tried stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was like the whole point of the show. And that's what made it like edgy and real. And they took it all out of the American version? And then version? in the American version, they took all of that out. Punks. It was just some sort of like desensitized... MTV version of Skins. Right. Like, oh my gosh, we can't talk about this thing that is in everybody's lives. Right. You know? So it was trash, of course. I expected (laughs) it, but it was. (laughs) Yeah. And like, speaking of media, it doesn't even stop there, right? Like, our rating system, like rated R, rated PG, rated PG-13, makes absolutely positively no motherfucking sense. Something is more likely to get an R rating if there's nudity or sexual content, but you might not necessarily get an R rating for having violence, you know? And if there's, if there's a woman being pleasured in the movie, oh, no, that's NC-17. That's mm. triple X. 
There's an excellent documentary about this. Yes. Called um, This Film Is Not Yet Rated, all about the like weird panel of humans who like come up with the, the rating for your movie yeah. and kind of decide the fate of it. Like if your movie gets NC-17, which is American version of like more than rated R, like it's a wrap it's not for you. You're not going to have a big thing. You right. Know? And then the narrative becomes people don't like movies where a woman's being pleasured. Right. They don't make money. And I'm just like, you sabotage this shit from the jump. So Anyways. what does this say about Americans? First of all, it says something that I feel like everybody knows. Our value system is fucked up. Yes. Super trash. Speak on super, it. Super, super trash. <laughs> yes. Because, like, yes. we, we make such a fuss about, like, our kids seeing some titties in an educational setting. Yes. But we, myself included, I consume a lot of trash. Like, I love, love, to an unhealthy degree, maybe, true crime. Any true crime fans out here? True crime podcast. Okay. Can't relate. Bigger in the States. It's cool. No problem. <laughs> it makes sense. But like I, it's a whole other reason or a conversation as to why I like true crime. But like I listen to podcasts that tell horrible stories of like molestation and decapitation and serial killings and mass bombings. But then I'm watching Netflix and I'm just like, oh, that's a booty hole. And I'm just like, <laughs> and I mean, it makes no sense to be more outraged at our children learning about their bodies mm. than about our children watching other bodies being destroyed, not only in like movies and music, but like on the news, you know? Like our children are watching black men and women and trans women of color being gunned down on their Twitter feeds. And we're just like, hmm, nah, hmm. But it's then just, Netflix. It's become a part of your life. Yeah, and it's, it's scary to think that we're becoming desensitized to that, right? What we are not saying is that London is a utopia, I'm not trying to erase anyone's struggles or not see anybody else's narratives. But what we are saying is that we can learn a thing or two from y'all's crazy ass television system, I think. And I think that thing is to either be more outraged over the violence that our children see or put more booty holes on American television. I like the last one. Yeah. More booty holes, 2K17. <laughs> Reclaiming my booty hole. <laughs> <laughs> but for real, y'all y'all do a lot on TV. Yes. Y'all do a whole lot. So, oh, yeah. man, I can't oh. wait to go back to the hotel and watch all these shows. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you could do me a personal favor and just tweet without any context, reclaiming my booty hole. <laughs> for all your friends. And, and also, titties for science. Yes. I'd appreciate it. Don't give any context. <laughs> just tweet those two things. It would make me very, very happy. So thank you, London, for having us. Thank you for your crazy-ass television. Yes, yes. And thank you for being here at the show. Yes. So, friends, we are so excited for our first guest. Yes. She is a writer. She has a law degree. Mm. She's a rom-com enthusiast. Mm. What doesn't this woman do? She's currently getting her master's in American politics and history right here at University College London. She's writing her thesis on how African-American women have resisted and asserted power and blackness through media and art. Mm -hmm. My as fave. If, as if that was not enough. Her short story, Netflix and Chill, was shortlisted for the Fourth Estate's Bane competition and is now being made into something for the screen. Ooh. We're going to talk to her all about that and more. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm Welcome to Miss Bolu Babalola. Hey. Yes. What up? Hey. Hi. Hi, everyone. Oh my gosh, you sound just so buttery. I just love the sound of your voice. Okay, so just for you, we are going to resurrect a question that we used to use at the start of all of our interviews. Okay. What do you do and why? So I'm a writer and a producer. 
mostly writer than producer now. Mm -hmm. um, it sounds like such a douchey at home Ooh. answer. I'm but listening. Like, I literally write because like I have to. Like I've written since I was like little, as you will see later. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's part of me. So like when I had a law degree and I was like, okay, right. So I've appeased my immigrant African parents. So <laughs> now I'm going to do Not something relatable. that I actually want to do. And mm. I'm really grateful. Like they were really supportive because they know like it's part of me. So they've seen it. Since I was little, so they were like, okay, you just do your thing. So I write because I, like, I want to, and I feel like I just have so many stories to tell, and I'm always daydreaming. So I was like, it's just something that is like, it's like a compulsion, I think. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. That wasn't douchey. <laughs> oh. So you transitioned from law school. Yes. To producing for the BBC. Yes. To academia again. Yes. And you are now writing and owning your own work. You've done you've done yeah. a lot of shit. You've dibbled, yeah. you've dabbled. You've dibbled and dabbled a hell of a lot. What have the transitions been like for you? Um, for me, it was just kind of like something that I had to do. Like with law, I was like, okay, I I have to like get out of this like soul sucking. <laughs> get me out of law school. <laughs> <laughs> and when um, I was at the BBC, that was kind of like, okay, like I've done this. Now I want to do something on my own terms. Can like, you clarify what you were doing at the BBC? So I was a production assistant. Then I weaseled my way into writers' rooms, and then I weaseled my way to somehow becoming a, a medicine producer. And then I was doing my own thing. And then I was like, actually, I kind of want to have my own stories to tell, like, no bosses. Mm. And I'm really grateful that ha that co coincided with, like, stuff happening with my writing outside of, like, the BBC. So I was like, let me just take advantage of this opportunity and do that. And so for me, it was just, like, jumping on opportunities that presented themselves and taking mm. advantage of the fact that I was privileged for these opportunities to come up in the first place. So maybe let me just, like, milk them as long as they last. Yes, girl. <laughs> take the white people's money. We know about that. We know about Reparations. that. Reparations! Yes. Reparations. Amen. Shout out to the white people in the audience. <laughs> Yo, white folks, you owe us all at least $5 a piece. <laughs> Everyone gets around yeah. on Everybody you. Everybody gets around, yeah? We got, we got some yeses. All right. <laughs> Reparations. Shout out to the thumbs yeah. up. <laughs> So I want to talk for a minute about your um, academic career and your yes. thesis, because yes. as an African-American woman, yes. I'm very curious as to why you focused on how African-American women have resisted and asserted power and blackness through media and art. Why did yes. you focus specifically on African-American women? I mean, it was immediately like an affinity because my, my degree is um, American politics and history. So I immediately chose every single thing to do with black people. So let me just get like... So basically, my degree is African-American history. Mm. Um, and I just felt like an immediate affinity, like naturally as a, as a Nigerian girl and part of the black diaspora, I just felt like a connection to the stories. And my thesis is actually focused on like lemonade. Hey, mm. all right. It's got like Love it. insecure in it. Oh, and it's got yes. like a little bit of scandal. Ooh. And actually, yeah, some Missy Elliott as well. So just like how, <gasps> oh like, my gosh. black Is women have, yeah. yet. <laughs> <laughs> just how, like, black women are reclaiming their identities and redefining their identities against, like, um, I feel like so much of black women in general have just been up to the white, like, they've just, white imagination have just done, done a number on our identities. Mm -hmm. Because, Ooh. like, I feel like they've just had, like, You so heard that amen in the back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. A number, and, they've done yeah. a number. And naturally create, like, create spaces away that like, we can just take that back, that agencies, and say, this is who I am. Mm. And, and I think it's just so powerful. Like, Lemonade, I just remember, like, all of my girls, like, there's, like, a group chat dedicated to that moment. And Where I were thought, you? <laughs> <laughs> just so powerful. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I just thought I'd write 15,000 words on it. And, sure. Like, 
<laughs> see what the white professors have to say about it. Yes. <laughs> How do you take back your agency and assert your power through your art? I think it's literally about, like, so my short story, Netflix and Chill, is literally about a girl, like, and a boy, and a little cute love thing. And for me, that's what it's about, just, like, liberation, telling our stories, and then allowing ourselves to like fall in love and be tender without having to go through all this hardship and like girl (laughs) just a black story with no trauma and there's like and it's like twined to her life like she goes through this like awkward interaction with the white guy because that's just like our party and that's just our lives and Mm -hmm. it's but it's not like this huge thing it's like this thing that she deals with humor and it's like not everything is like every not everything's a huge struggle that we're just like oh whoa yeah. what was me yeah like, I'm not like Negro love. spirituals about Tinder yeah like, <laughs> oh lord he swiped like, left I swiped right <laughs> like no one's doing yeah, that all like, crazy. Like, some, like, sometimes you're time, just out here living right like most of them we just like shrug it off with a laugh like oh my gosh this guy's such a douchebag and then like move on yeah. so I was like this is I just want to write stories where it's actually our lives and it's mm. not like focused on our struggle but us living and thriving yeah. Yeah. and being humans and being humans exactly. which is not a thing that white people like to let us do exactly can mm. i live literally <laughs> can you tell us more about adapting this for the the screen yeah how so do i watch this with my eyeballs that's, that's happening soon i'm okay. currently in the middle of the, the lemonade thesis so it's on pause but i'm working on on that now and i think it's just i'm just having so much fun with it because i really want yes. people and it's, yeah and I really like the characters are going to be dark skinned and. And I really want it to be an opportunity where we can have like young, because there's such a lack of representation of, in terms of like black actors and actresses in the UK. And I really want it to just be like unknowns in terms of like people mm. that you haven't seen before, because I feel like. The thing is with like the diversity in the UK, whatever you want to call it, it's like the same people over and over again. And we mm-hmm. never get to... And I Y'all like, got to know she put air quotes on that. Yeah. <laughs> diversity. Yes. Whatever that diversity. means. Diversity. <laughs> um, which is why I say it's like more about creation, the representation, like making our own stories and telling our own stories mm-hmm. and then putting our people in our own stories because like we can't just keep on like banging on the door, like hoping that they'll let us in. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Can I ask you about Twitter for a second? Twitter? <laughs> yes. Oh. I, don't have, I don't actually have a Twitter. Girl. Lies. Look at these Girl. Nigerian yeah. lies on stage. <laughs> <laughs> what is okay, that? Okay, so everyone put us on to you via Twitter. Mm-hmm. We were like, London, who should we have on? Everyone said you, first yes. of all. They yes. Do. Also, in your Twitter, you have M. TV made coach. Oh yeah, I and I desperately that want that to be real. I is it real? Were you ever once an MTV I mean, made that coach? That is my dream for them to bring it back and for me to be a made coach and mm-hmm. for me to walk into somebody in the middle of their math class and be like, "I'm your made coach." <laughs> <laughs> so for the folks who don't know what that show is, what is it and why did you like it so much? Oh my gosh, it's just so great. Like, <laughs> I mean, obviously with most things when you look back at it, it's probably a little bit problematic. Like, I'm going to give you a make real. to make your life better, but it's basically like kids in high school. And maybe they're like a little bit quote unquote geeky or like, you know, they really wanted to like grab the hot guy. And then they're like this maid coach, they'll be like, there was one time where there's like this European like dance musician came on and to, to, to make somebody like popular, which is just so random. Like they have the Aww. most random, the most random coaches, which is why I loved it. They'll be like, <laughs> take them to stores. And they'll be like, this is, this is, and then give them confidence training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the so end, the idea is that you're made into something. Like yeah. a, a popular person. Yeah. Or like a stand-up comedian for a day. Exactly. Yeah. Or like a backup dancer or for a some rapper reason. for yeah. a day. A rapper for the day. But what was really beautiful is like, 
it was like a spiritual thing too. Like they just got so confident Speak on it, girl. in themselves. Like it wasn't just like it wasn't just like a physical makeover, guys. It was like a spiritual. Okay, okay. Like, so what would you wanna make someone over, or what would you wanna coach them into doing? Oh, I don't know. Like, I'm or what would you wanna be coached on? Ooh, what would I wanna be coached on? Oh, I don't know, guys. I'm literally perfect. So <laughs> you know what? Thing. Life flex. Um, I think what I would like to just generally is just for women to empower women and to like uh, make sure they don't give the time of day to waste men, which is like my huge, a huge thing for me. Like, oh, just, just like men are not worthy of us at all. Like, Say that again. Like, like, if we're attracted to you, it's really not by choice. Like, <laughs> if it was up to me, like... I can't help this. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it would just literally just be like, you can do better without... This. My, mate, my mate episode would just be like, you can do better without him, dump him. Like, yeah, It would be like 30 seconds, actually. Hashtag dump him, girl. Hashtag dump him. Yes. That's I my advice it. for all couples. Literally. All relationships. <laughs> if, you're, if my him. girl's coming to me a problem, just dump him. Like, yeah. you don't need him. Like, if you have a boyfriend right now, even if he's cool, dump him. Dump, dump him. him. Dump he's him. gonna fuck up eventually. Yeah. Why him. wait? <laughs> So, you may know our next guest from her recent roles in the TV shows, Netflix shows, Crazy Head and Chewing Gum. Yes. Yes. She is also writing a script for her next project that is loosely based on her own life. And she just announced that she's about to be a part of the play Labor of Love. Woo. That's labor spelled with a U because Y'all know how y'all be doing. England, right? <laughs> So she's literally doing it all, and we're going to talk to her about everything. Please welcome to the stage, Miss Susan Wacoma. Hey, hey, hey. So we heard your dad was the inspiration for why you became an actor. Oh, the inspiration. Yeah. Um, you know what? The inspiration was people telling me that I was funny. Mm. I didn't really believe it myself. I just would sort of be funny. And people go, you should do something with that. And I'm like, <laughs> like, like what? <laughs> uh, pray tell. And they were like, acting, you should. So I sort of got directed into acting by lots of really lovely teachers and, um, you know, parents of friends sort of going, oh, you should do this and do that. So that was how I discovered it. It really wasn't... Uh, a sort of light bulb moment where I went, I, this is my destiny. It, mm. it was all, it's everyone else's fault. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> just did what I was told. Mm. So yeah. I would describe you as a successful actor or actress. Mm. Um, and oftentimes people like to describe the narratives of people who become famous as overnight successes, especially women, especially people of color. The it girl narrative. Especially mm. women of color. Mm. Um, you don't jive with that, which I appreciate that. Mm -mm. Um, I would assume that your own career has been described in such a way. A little bit. Like, some, there, I've been told by some people, like, oh, you're, you're a find. I'm like, I've been a find. Since. You're a find. Wow. Like, where have you come from? There's no one like you. I'm like, there's loads of us. Like, Listen. <laughs> yes. Yes. I do, find that quite, I do find it quite weird when sort of go, oh, there's no one like you. I'm like, yeah. I grew up with people. Like, there's loads. Like, obviously, everybody's individual, but sure. in terms of, you know, I went out to the States and sort of loads of people sort of saying that, and I'd, I think I automatically reject the kind of you are special narrative because mm. I think that's how you... Uh, 
you stop us helping each other, sort of going, I'm special, I'm the most special. I'm mm. like, we're just an untapped resource when it comes to the mainstream. Um, there's anybody who could do my job. I'm good at what I do. Like, mm. sure, yeah. Right. Let's not get it twisted. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, like, if you want some, like, hot comic timing, come on, <laughs> I'm on my way. Um, <laughs> But what I mean is that there are plenty of young, black, dark skin, not mm. size zero, mm. talented actresses, comedians out there. So mm-hmm. even though, yeah, I'm more than happy to take the work, I, there's always a bit um, in the back of my mind that's like, there's loads of us. And, um, and there's going to be a time when there's more of us coming up. Mm-hmm. And that excites me. There's safety in numbers. Like, I feel like it will, I'll be happier when I'm like, oh, there's my girl doing that, and there's my girl doing that, and yes. there's my girl creating that, and da-da. But no, it doesn't, it's not overnight. And I do feel like, you know, regardless of race, which is something, that's not a sentence I normally say. <laughs> <laughs> this is rare. This is rare, guys. Um, but regardless of race, um, <laughs> I spat to the floor there. Uh, <laughs> that's real. Uh, <laughs> Regardless of race, I do feel like the industry, the, the entertainment industry likes an overnight success mm-hmm. and they love a discovery. And I feel like that, and they love a discovery when you're quite young. Mm. Uh, and I feel like that is dangerous because I've worked for a very, very long time and it's taken me this amount. Of, I started acting professionally when I was 17 and I'm now 29. And it's taken, the reality is that it's taken this long or say a couple of years ago before I got like my first um, resident a character in a TV series. It took that long. Mm. And I think that there is comfort in going, oh, that's how long it's took for that person. It's different for everybody. Um, but that's how long it took me. And there's no shame in that. And there's a lot of uh, excitement and really cool stuff because I've been through like a lot of the shit. Mm-hmm. I can swear, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, Fuck yeah. I did. Oh, good, good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> loads more where that came from. <laughs> Um, but no, it's, I, 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 I sort of reject the overnight thing because, number one, it isn't my, it isn't my narrative. And mm. also, I think it's unhealthy to think that, oh, you just sort of come out of the womb and then you just start smashing yeah. it. That's just weird. Like you didn't try, like you didn't work hard and shit for yeah, this. Yeah, I find that weird. Not that I'm sort of saying struggle is excellent. I'd love to not struggle. Sure, sure. Ooh. I love tag team that struggle. I Pass would, it off. I'd love to just I would love to be a rich kid of Instagram. Thank you very much. <laughs> Spending mama and daddy's oh, money by please. the pool. So you've been working since 17 mm-hmm. do you feel like you've made it you've had a lot of success do you feel like I've arrived I'm living the life now oh not at all not at all mm-hmm. and um I think it's because I've had to navigate this industry here from a very young age and I've not ticked any kind of like the good black ideals so what like, does that mean yeah as in I'm not light-skinned I'm not particularly slim I don't sort of go oh you're dark-skinned but you sort of remind me of Grace Jones that's a thing that I've seen before therefore mm. like I recognize what that is like I don't tick any of those boxes and for a while there would be really um supportive people who just sort of not know what to do with me mm. and um and so I've been through all of that. Like, there's nothing worse than being a sort of chubby kid on TV when you're 17, 18, and you're looking at yourself going, rah, okay. <laughs> That's how soft it is. Okay. <laughs> like, when you have to stare at that, like, the reality of that, you do a lot of growing up very quickly, but it doesn't feel sexy and glamorous. Like, it doesn't feel like I've made it. I feel like... The thing that I've done is I said, I'm going to be an actress and I am an actress and that's dope. Like, that's Mm. so cool. Mm. But I don't... Fame is something that 
It doesn't interest, it genuinely doesn't interest me. I'd like to be here for a, a while. Like, mm. that is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wait, tell me more about great. why you're not interested in fame. Um, because I think that it's changed. I feel like with social media, which I love and I'm very much part of, it's a different thing. Like, I've, I don't get recognised a lot, which is... Like, where I am right now is really cool. It's very mm-hmm. nice. Like, I get wonderful, particularly black women come up to me, and they don't sort of go, oh, my God, like, I want a picture. They just sort of go, you d- don't stop. Don't yes. Stop. <laughs> I'm like, it's like having... Like in the middle of the grocery store, I'm going to give you a pep talk right now. <laughs> I'll be in, like, I'll be in, like, a pharmacy. I'll be in, like, boots or something. Like, oh, I'm just going to get some toothpaste. And there'll be some woman I'm in. I'm like, oh, she wants a photo. She doesn't. She's going to come up to me. She'll be like, don't stop. Don't stop. You must carry on to the end of time. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Cool. Like, that is, I can do that. And some days I've been like, oh, I'm just really sad. And someone would be like, I love your work. Like, Mm. it's so cool. So I love that. But to get to a point where I can't, like, go out and not have people hassle me Mm. or, do you know, that that for me, because I love to dance. I love to, like, shake it. Like, just like a little hangout. I'm great. Basically, that's code for I'm an excellent dancer. Ooh, okay, okay. Yes, and it would really, it would annoy me if I'm like having a really, really good time and I got interrupted all the time. But mm. I, there's no, there's to a certain degree, there's no control over that. But I do think that fame is something that you really have to, um, you have to work out a strategy of how you navigate it. I feel like you can't just arrive here and have no plan. And to have a plan is boring and I find that restrictive. Mm-hmm. But of course, like, if that was to happen, I'll sort my shit out. Like, of course I would. <laughs> but I'd never sort of arrive at it, like, unprepared. Mm-hmm. Because I just you've seen so many times ahead of me and ahead of you guys and ahead of all you guys how it can go so desperately wrong. Fame can be deadly. It's yeah, scary. Yeah, it can, guys. It's super Fame scary. Can be really I'm so curious what it was like on the, on the set of Chewing Gum because that show is such a like ra- yes first of all yes, yes. <laughs> but it's such a rare like specific vision of one black woman like yeah it was created by a black woman yeah yeah like I can oh, only yes. imagine that that set is so different yeah. from like what it's like being on a show that's not created by a person who sees you tell us everything mm. what was the set like the set was the first series was so Fun. So mm. this was in 2015 and I think a lot the reason why that first time is so exciting is because none of us knew what it was going to be like genuinely we knew that it was good and we were having a good time mm. but that's no reflection on say viewing figures whether you get that second series that means nothing and I'd worked with Michaela before on a play so we would played sisters mm. and so there was a shorthand which I'd never I'd never been on a set by that at that point where uh, my opinion mattered mm. and so and where I had um I feel like creative um, license over what I could do. Like, of course, there are time restrictions and all those things. And so I, but I felt confident to go, hey, you know, Tom, our director, I'd be like, hey, you know, with this scene, I really feel like it should be played this way. So, bargain, um, why don't I do the scene this way and then I'll do it your way? And in the back of my head, I'm like, my way's better. (laughs) I'd always get, I'd have the space to do it my way and he would always go, yeah. That was better. I'm like, I told you. Mm. Um, but, <laughs> but also, we had like he was open to that. Everybody was open to that, and I had a ball. The second series, unfortunately, I was filming Crazy Head at the same time, mm. so I literally was like, "Hi, bye." It was. I was so tired. I was so on caffeine. It was <laughs> unreal. And I sort of 
the thing is that what happens when you're in a successful show is that other opportunities arrive. And in a way, I was kind of like, oh, damn, like, I kind of wish that I could, it could be the first year again where there's nothing else but this show. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, now all of a it's sudden I've got like, a team and like things to do and things to write. So mm. it w- I miss the, that's what I sort of mean about, you know, not being able to have things the way that they were because there's something so beautiful about the first time round. You do mm. something. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I feel that so much. I, don't, I can't even imagine doing a second podcast. The oh first time around was so much fun. Yeah, don't you dare cheat on me. I would with never. I would never. <laughs> I was just thinking about it. I, was like, I can't even imagine. <laughs> don't even play like that, Evan. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tracy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's a terrible thought I just had. Um, we're going to pivot quickly away from this nightmare. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, gosh. See what you've done. I know. No, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, speaking of crazy head, mm-hmm. I love it and I'm angry. Oh. That there's no season two. The people are angry because the people we are hear petitioning. It's not coming back for a second season. It's, it's just not. like not common for yes. a Netflix Booze show. For it not coming back. What happens? Well, what happened was it. It was really weird because what happened was what happened was um, in the age of social media, um, people <laughs> can just tweet you and go like, "Hey, when's there a second series?" And we knew very. Uh, uh, we knew very early on that there wouldn't be a second series. Why? Um, uh, because how do I say this in a diplomatic way? You are among friends and family, girl. Nobody else will um, ever hear this. Listen, I t- I'll tell you, it exploded on Netflix, and that's where it found its audience, and that's where it found its very loyal fan base. And I feel like on Netflix, so what I say by Netflix, I mean internationally, mm. is where you had loads of people. I had so many people come up to me or tweet me saying this was the character that we wanted in Buffy. Like, this is the character that we wanted in Buffy. And I knew that it meant more internationally than it did. And I also had a... Can I say this? I also had a meeting at Netflix. <laughs> um, as the show was um, airing here in the UK and was told um, to sort of prepare myself to be a little bit let down by the UK, wow. I was told. By the UK's audience reception? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I was prepared. And this was in October. So quite a while ago. And um, and I just think that with um, terrestrial channels here, they still rely on things like on view figures and overnights and that sort of thing, whereas Netflix don't. And a lot of streaming services don't. They operate in a different way. And um, and people's viewing habits have changed. I don't watch things. Yeah. I don't watch things. <laughs> Speak on it, baby. Yes. <laughs> yes. Don't sit on it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> they know Netflix's numbers. <laughs> Babies be knowing. But like people don't watch things live. I don't watch things live. Sure. And so if you don't watch it live in the UK with terrestrial channels, that means it doesn't get a second series. It's as simple wow. as that. Um, and so that was what's so heartbreaking was to see it air on Netflix and get that reception. And we're mm. already going... Oh, we've missed it. We've missed mm. the boat. And Netflix were only sort of co-producing it as well. The mm. rights were with Channel 4. So we knew what was what. So as a company, as a cast, we were so sad, but we were already like moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, and Because that's the nature of what we do. We have to move on. Even with mm. Chewing Gum at the end of the first series, like, awesome, brilliant, this is amazing. And we move on because mm. there was nothing telling us that we'd get series two. It's the nature of us. So I grieved it and then you move on. And so it was really heartbreaking. And I took it upon myself to tweet and say, the show isn't out because yeah. nobody was putting out That's how we found of, out about right. it. Right. Also, was, Netflix doesn't have a habit of explaining why no. shows yeah. get put on or not. And no. like so much trash on Why Netflix. something was canceled or not. Well, this is why I decided to do it myself. I literally just woke up one day and I was like, enough. Um, <laughs> and I I'm sorry, I what was that voice? It. Enough. <laughs> that, was my, that was my angry white man voice. <laughs> 
fucking up. I adopt it sometimes. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, so I took it upon myself to just be like, you know what, it isn't happening. It was really sweet and all the messages and, and it still continues. The great thing about Netflix yeah. is that it's there. It's mm-hmm. going to be there for as long as they decide and then they'll take it down. I think it's time to go to pew pew pew. I think it's time for pew pew pew. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Oh. Wait, I'm sorry. What time is it? <laughs> ah! I love that. This is our rapid fire question segment called Pew Pew Pew. Because these are finger guns and okay. guns fire, fire quickly. Yes. This is the idea. <laughs> um, okay, question number one Would you rather be a zombie or a vampire? A vampire because they're hotter. Ooh. Ooh. That's it's true. That's the answer. Has there yeah, ever been a zombie? You might as well look good. Yeah. Also, zombies like look awful as soon as they turn into zombies. They never get like a svelte little like you know mm. svelte. Yeah, you know? ooh, good word. <laughs> like you know what? I'm dead, but the outfit that I died it's in is popping still popping. <laughs> dead, but never. make it hot. Yes, dead, but make it fashion. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, what's your favorite '90s R&B song? <gasps> ooh. <laughs> Oh, no pressure. What a strong audience reaction <laughs> to that one. Sorry, that was such an intake of air. I feel like yeah. I was dead. It I was just hard to breathe oxygen. for a little bit. Oh. Ah. Okay, it's got a bit. This isn't my favorite. Okay. Just one that you love. Just one that but gets it's you high. Uh, oh, got till it's gone. Janet Jackson. Okay. That's 90s, right? Yeah. She's, she's, she was a thing Solidly in the 90s. 90s. Was like, that is that. It's just sexy. I remember watching yeah. the video, sort of like getting feelings, but I didn't know what it was. I had a little, <laughs> like, a little, like, a little, yes. a little heartbeat in me, in me fanny. <laughs> <laughs> it was all these sexy people like, a heartbeat oh, in my And I was like, <laughs> what am Y'all I Y'all can't feeling? see the face she just made. It was beautiful. <laughs> Tongue out everything. <laughs> I have some questions about what uh, dating on this rainy island is like as a black girl. Sorry, talk to me. <laughs> I was too busy laughing. Take your time, take your time. <laughs> no, talk to me. Yeah, I'm ready. Dating on this terrible rainy island. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me more. Real talk, oh though. Oh my God, like, how long have we, we got? We were the whole time, we were like, <laughs> Hey, black person we met on the street, where are the other blacks? <laughs> this is not the entire trip. And everybody was like, Brixton, eh. but not really. Yeah. That's exactly what they said. <laughs> okay. So, like, they were there at one point, gentrification, uh, et cetera. Right. You know. Then we like, okay, but where are you now? Yeah. Like, hey. Where are the blacks now? Still laughing so, is the answer. <laughs> I can I can only talk about um, my experience sure, okay. sure. on this island. And, um, oh, this is a minefield. <laughs> How long have you got? Um, it's interesting. I'll tell you a story. Ooh, okay. This is quick. Don't worry. I'm looking at the time as well. Um, oh shit. I'm so I, when I was, okay, when I was younger, when I was six, right. I fancied this guy in my primary school, elementary school. Ooh. Oh my God, he was Thank so Thank you for the translation. Yeah, <laughs> got you, got you, got you. And I loved him. I absolutely loved him. And I thought that we were going to get married. And, um, and he told me, uh, he was black. And he told me to my face, he was like, oh, actually, I can't, you can't be my girlfriend because you're too dark and everyone would laugh at me. Um, was he light skin? No. Wow! 
All right. And um, and that pretty much sums up my dating experience okay. in the UK. Okay. Excellent story was just told. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> All the black girls in the audience are like, yes, girl, talk yes, about it. Absolutely. I know that's not everyone's experience, but that's been mine. That's definitely been mine. Okay. <clears throat> okay. All right. Um, um, let's switch the subject entirely. <laughs> Oh, okay, here's a good one. What food should be completely banished from the earth forever? Uh, oh. Lots of food feelings. I think, um, uh, oh, there's so many Hey, hey, so don't you listen to them. No, this I'm gonna listen to you. What food, do you know what? Is there a food that I am like really against? Oh, no. girl. No. I like all food. I like food. I like food. I would say any food that is small. You know when you get the fancy <laughs> Yes. I feel like with any kind of food, if you give me a big enough portion, I'll get into it. <laughs> if the portion is too small, I'm like, I haven't begun and, and it's finished. And you know when you go, they're fancy, and I'm bougie, so I go to these fancy restaurants like, yes, mm -hmm. it's me, yes, it's this. You have to have a bowl of cornflakes before you go because otherwise you're hungry at the end. Any, give me, a, I love any kind of food, but if mm. it's too small, I'm angry. Really? Mm. So there's yeah. no food that you will not eat? I'll try everything once. Beans. Beans, what Greens. kind of beans? Potatoes. Beans, beans, beans. Tomatoes. Yo, I heard that in the club once. It went off. I'm what? not mad at it. Beans, you greens, mean. tomatoes, potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I found a favorite question of mine on Twitter. Ooh. From uh, a one at Jesus Pinkman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Shout out to the Breaking Bad fans in the audience. If you could only save... <laughs> there were none. I'm there sorry. were none. <laughs> A solid two right there. If you could only save one white woman and one white man during the race war that is inevitable... <laughs> I added that. They didn't add that. Who would it be? Who would it be? One white man, one white girl, woman. That's a good-ass question. What you got? What you got? Who's on your team question. for the race war that is inevitable? Oh my God. Like a fave white. Do you want to listen? Because if we're talking about a race war. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I become straight up loyal. I'm like, by everyone else. <laughs> I'm like, I, I can't carry So you're not else. saving nobody. No, let me think about it. Okay, okay. okay. Give it time, Tracy. Give okay. it time. Oh, you're see. right, you're right, you're right. But they're, they're only like pure. <laughs> the only. Oh God, this is awful. My brain is going to a dark place. Oh my gosh, I'm listening. In terms, of, in terms of men, I'm like, well, who's good looking? I, li I can't, do you know what? Maybe this is too diplomatic, but if this is a race war, I'm staying loyal, forget it, no one. No one. Let's abide by the rules here, yeah. okay? Yeah. And will they do the same for us? Listen. <laughs> no. No, um, I'm gonna okay. use that extra baggage space for my shoes. Yes! <laughs> um, Heaven, who would you save, if anyone? Of the whites? Yeah. <laughs> of, the, of the whites? I can't think. Uh, you know what? what? I'm, I'm trying to think. You, who's you my favorite white? Who's a, who's, you know I love the good, good wife. One. Someone from the good wife. Yeah. <laughs> if Tom Hanks wasn't secretly black, I would say Tom Hanks. <laughs> But everybody knows Tom Hanks is a black man. Yeah. Uh, or they should know. I think it's time to move on, Tracy. 
<laughs> you never let me talk about Tom Hanks like I want to. Settle down. Settle down. <laughs> All right, all right. Have we time for rounds? Short rounds, okay. Baby, come through. Yes! You better, you better. Okay, so I would like to buy a round for, actually, wait, this is, we're gonna buy a joint round, and this is the first time that we've ever bought a round together, just for you, London. We're buying a joint round for Janet Mock. So it sounds that we're all familiar with Janet Mock. If you are not familiar, she is a trans advocate. She's got the most amazing cheekbones I've ever seen in my life. Her husband, y'all. Their wedding photos. I covet her husband. (laughs) Openly, openly. (laughs) But we wanted to buy a round for her because she's doing so much good work and she's doing what Kimberly Crenshaw said on our podcast once, and she's putting her body, her physical body, where her politics are. Mm. And for a woman, for a woman of color, for a trans woman of color, that means putting yourself in the line of fire. It means putting yourself in danger. And I don't know if y'all have been keeping up with what's going on in America. I advise you not to because it's trash right now. But... Garbage fire. um, Comedians and entertainers have been really saying some awful, hurtful, toxic dangerous shit dangerous dangerous physically dangerous Mm. about trans women Mm. and we just wanted to do our part to Mm. combat all of the hate and all of the threats and all of the vitriol and all of the toxic masculinity that is keeping our society the way that it is and we wanted to just you know put love out there in the face of hate and we just we just wanted to love up on some jenna ma because she deserves it she really deserves it yes um, she also has a podcast and a book out, and she's, like, doing a million freaking things. Mm-hmm. So you can definitely check her out on her show, Never Before the Podcast, and her, sh- her book, Surpassing Certainty. So according to GLAAD, which is an organization that advocates and supports LGBTQ issues, we have lost 16 trans women of color in 2017 alone. 2017 is not even over yet. So um, something that we wanted to do is to just say the names of the women that we lost because these are humans. These are people. These are not just bodies. They're not just a part of politics. These are humans who have people who love them and miss them. And I feel like part of the thing we were talking about earlier is being desensitized to these kinds of murders and these kinds of tragedies Mm -hmm. and feeling like we're not even connected to the real humans who are a part of that story. Yeah, and if we don't protect trans people, then all of us are at risk. Mm. All of us are at risk. So we're going to take a moment to read a few of those names. Misha Caldwell. Jaquarius Holland. Brenda Bostic. Kendra Marie Adams. T.T. Dangerfield. Jamie Lee Wounded Arrow. China Gibson. Alfonza Watson. Sherelle Faulkner. Ava LeRae Barron. Jojo Stryker. Sierra McElvin. Shay Reed. Kenne McFadden. Ebony Morgan. And Kiki Collier. We need to hold each other accountable when we fuck up, when your brothers fuck up, when your sisters fuck up. If you don't correct them, if you laugh at their transphobic jokes, you are as accountable as they are. 
when you see fucked up shit, speak up as long as it's safe for you. Mm. Um, and God bless the dead. May there not be any more. I also want to take a moment. Yes. I also just want to take a moment to celebrate Janet's newest book. I was literally at her like book party last week. The pictures was so dope. She's one of those famous people where they're like a famous brown person who's like actually dope and about that life behind the scenes in addition mm -hmm. to in front of the scenes, which is not always a given. It's not. Like I was literally at her book party and she was like, Heaven, you need to meet this person. Oh, she's on that show. You got to put her face on the TV. You mm -hmm. know, like mm -hmm. she was already like just giving me a it wasn't even my book party. <laughs> Anyways, um, Surpassing Certainty was really fun to read because she, she's mentioned this before, but she's done a lot of work that's in the explanatory comma phase, which is mm. a thing I learned about through NPR's Code Switch. Shout out to Code Switch. We really try to make our show not an explanatory comma yeah. show where we have to apologize all the time or explain all the time who we are and what our references are. Mm -hmm. And her second book is like, I don't have to do that. I don't have to do like trans 101 training for everyone. I she can just talk about my 20s and like being a stripper and a dancer and like my hair and like yes. all the boys I went out with or whatever, you know. Being human. Being a will. human in your 20s and just enjoying life. So I really enjoyed that book and yeah. I was glad I got to experience that. Yeah. And there's an epigraph in that book. I feel like all books come to you at the right time. Like don't be worried about if you haven't read all the books at the right time, whatever, whatever. Books come to you when they come to you. And her epigraph came to me, and the book came to me at a perfect moment, and I just want to read that epigraph for y'all. From Audre Lorde, of course, the God, the Lord. <laughs> and the speaking will get easier and easier, and you will find you have fallen in love with your own vision, which you may have never realized you had. And you will lose some friends and lovers and realize you don't miss them. And new ones will find you and cherish you. And you will still flirt and paint your nails, dress up and party because, as I think Emma Goldman said, if I can't dance, I don't want to be a part of your revolution. And at last, you'll know with surpassing certainty that only one thing is more frightening than speaking your truth, and that is not speaking. Mm. Audrey Lord, via Janet Mock, my queen. All right. Yes. Tiffany. Shout out to Janet Mock. Yes. Give it up for Janet Mock. Yes. Yes, ma'am. So typically you would have to sit through us reading our credits, which we have, we talk too much, so we don't have time to do that. Um, but I do want to send a quick shout out to our moms, Nina and Eleanor. Thank you for being here with shout us. Out squad. Shout out to the pod squad. Shout out to the pod squad. Shout out to London. Shout out to y'all. Shout out to London. Thank you for coming to see us. Thank you for having us. Thank you to the shout out network. Shout out to brown people in London. Yes. We finally found them. We did. We finally found them. Haven't we made it? Yeah.